you guys. It's Betsy Beers. I'm the executive producer of Scandal. And this is... <laughs> this is Scandal Revealed, and there are birds here this week, which is phenomenal. I can make a bird a bird. Um, we are the official Scandal podcast for the fabulous television programming Scandal. And this week, um, Ms. Birdsong herself... Listen to like that, so you can tell that she's raccoon. an incredible singer, too. Um, uh, America's favorite first lady, <laughs> Nellie Grant. I think uh. after tonight's episode, America's favorite first lady, <laughs> Nellie Grant. I think Michelle Obama's got probably some more fans, maybe, but very popular first lady, <laughs> Bellamy Young. Perhaps first lady you feel more compassion for. How's that? We'll go well, with that. <laughs> Most, more pitied first lady. How's that? <laughs> um, and I just want to say that Bellamy today is wearing a um, lovely purplish sort of w w eggplant, maybe? Yeah, eggplant. let's go with aubergine. Aubergine. <laughs> aubergine top with long sleeves, which is lovely, and some black jeans, which fit her very nicely, and a lovely gold necklace. Um, and you're looking very, very sporty, which is and terrific. And Betsy is dressed as Easter Bunny, as always. I am dressed as Easter it's Bunny, amusing. which is weird because it's, it's always Easter for me. Yeah. Well, well it always know. is because I just am so excited because probably I'll still be finding eggs from last <laughs> Easter hunts still in my yard, just nastily <laughs> sitting there desperately wishing somebody would boil them. That's sad. Yeah, I know. It's just, it's all, that part is all bad. But we are here to talk about what I think is one of the most unbelievably phenomenal episodes we've done so far in these three seasons, which was, of course, called Everything's Coming Up Melly, which is why we're lucky to have you talking about it since you play Melly. It makes sense, actually. <laughs> You're so smart, <laughs> which that I way. know is so you incredibly guys are right. Organized. Our people, it's an amazing group of folks. Well so actually, oiled machine. Well oiled machine, which is just incredible. But I found this episode to be A, unbelievably revealing about the character and just for all the people, I think, who have been curious as to what made Melly tick, mm -hmm. it's this amazing sort of expose as to the lengths, frankly, this poor woman has had to go to to both protect and support her husband. Yeah. I mean, I know it dropped my jaw when we got it. At the table read, it was pretty nuclear, you know, in my mind. I mean, to be given a chance like this, first of all, just like as an actor, like selfishly, to be handed a script like this good and be asked so much of uh, is a phenomenal blessing. But then also, yeah, you see, and it's so well crafted. So at every moment, Melly just seems to be making, well, sure, I can make this decision. I can live with this. And then it just turns into something bigger and bigger and bigger. And you realize every day when you go out throughout your life, Every day, every moment, you're making decisions that have a, an incredible impact on the road ahead of you, mm -hmm. and you just don't realize it at the time because it just seems like, no, no, I, I will just, I'm going to stop here. I'm just going to tell her this, and then that turns into something enormous. And I just love the way these flashbacks inform already complex characters, the way you meet someone in the moment and you judge them in the moment because that's what we do as humans, as audience members, and then all of a sudden you're given the reasons that led them to this moment. Yeah. And it like breaks your whole heart open because you see that life is just hard and you do the best you can with it. You meet it in the moment the best you can and then you wind up places that surprise even you. Well, and I think what was super cool about this episode too is I mean, where you juxtapose this woman who is sick and tired of doing this aspect of her job, which is the perfect first lady, you know, which is this woman who was a partner in a law firm, was a credibly high-powered career person, who now essentially has been relegated 
in her feelings to what is obviously an important job, First Lady's an important job, but in this context, giving a tour of the White House, choosing patterns for China, and just being starving for some sort of stimulation, and then contrasting with this young, fresh, excited, optimistic newlywed who you see the first signs of her amazing political ability when Cyrus is about to quit and mm -hmm. she runs out into the parking lot while there's screaming going on in the background mm. and literally convinces him that she will actually handle it. And it's the first time you sort of see this side of Melly that you think, wow, that woman's got a set of cojones on her, despite the youth and presidential the size hair. balls. Yeah, presidential yeah. size balls. Under that cute little Under preppy cute skirt. She's, she's got some presidential <laughs> size balls. And you also realize that Fitz wouldn't be where he is without her. I mean, without which, which is doubt. also the story so many people have, so many women have, that, you know, it takes a union to get forward in life often. And you realize in those moments that Fitz couldn't have done it by himself. And I think, you know, what's interesting about and the he show. Wouldn't. He wouldn't have. He wouldn't have. And so much, which is just interesting to watch, is how much all of these people shore him up and, mm -hmm. and help him be the best he can be. And at the heart of that is Melly. I mean, Melly's been doing it longer than anybody else has, really, because mm -hmm. Big Jerry, his father, obviously wanted things for him, but he wanted things for Big Jerry. He didn't really want things for Fitz. And you really get the sense that Melly really, really, really looks at her husband and believes that he could be this, he could do this. It could be, it's this moment with this amazingly open, perky, beautiful face of yours saying, you're like, this could be the first step to the White House. And then we cut, we keep cutting back to what the White House actually is for her. Yeah. And it's just heartbreaking. That, be careful what you wish for. Be careful what you wish for you moment. And then, you know, all leading up to that incredibly traumatic, horrifying scene with Big Jerry, where essentially he takes advantage of Melly in the most aggressive and vicious way. Sure. And Melly figures out a way to use the shame to her husband's advantage in this incredibly, I mean, I just think, what a woman. Well, I, cr I mean, it's crushing and it's life altering, but she's also just not, she's not built to be a victim. Melly will keep going it, it through, I mean, Melly is like the roaches. She will be here after the war. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, Melly will soldier on like Cats, the Terminator. Bugs and yeah, Melly. For real, for real. And raccoons, they're very raccoons, smart. Raccoons, I hear they're, they're crafty. Very smart too. And the cyborgs. <laughs> and the cyborgs um, also. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But yes, Melly will wind up being be queen of all of them. It's not relentless, it's just she has an incredible survivor's instinct and she's incredibly pragmatic. And yeah, things hurt her deeply, but she's not given to sentimentality or, um, or really gentleness on herself. <laughs> at all, right? She's like, this happened, I'm gonna move forward, how do I, oh, I can use this to go there. She's like thousand yard stare. It's an amazing thing to watch because you start to think about the sort of trajectory of the character for the entire show and mm -hmm. you meet her first and she, you just think, oh, she's like, she's one of those first ladies. She's wearing pearls and she looks really pretty in a sweater set and she walks in and out and she's like so fresh-faced and apple-cheeked and pretty <laughs> and has children and it's all so nice. And then little by little by little that first season, you go, wow, this woman's got a set of cojones on her. And all through last season, so much of it was trying to keep the boat afloat. You know, yeah. it was literally like putting one step in front of the other. Mm -hmm. And now this season, we're back to sort of deep long-term strategizing, mm -hmm. which is what's really interesting. Mm -hmm. Like that amazing scene, I think it was in last week's episode, I could be crazy and high on crack, sure. but that's always a possibility, that's how it I guess it's usually. <laughs> um, but that amazing scene, which, is, which happened before where she sits down with Paul Edelstein's character where she's trying to find someone who will be the campaign manager. And it's just not flying. 
And the look on her face where he says, you know, I'd really like to have a private conversation with Cyrus about what's wrong with this White House. And she says, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm part of the team. I'm part of the team. And then he proceeds to basically say the most insulting things he Horrifying can. Horrifying things. Horrifying things. Horrifying things. Like, without missing a beat. It's literally like this woman just takes it, sucks it in, moves on and goes, okay, that's, we've got to figure out another target for our agenda. That's right. Like, I mean, don't mistake her. She's, it's locked now in a vault. Like Leo will be, he will meet his <laughs> reckoning. He will definitely meet his reckoning and. But that's all she needs to know. She's like, oh, really? You want to play like that? I'm on to the next thing. Like it's clocked and it'll happen. <laughs> Revenge is best served cold and it will be served hard. But now I need to get my husband reelected. And it's also man. like, get out. It's, it's in the things to two box. Exactly. You know what exactly. I've got to do? I've got to pick out some Christmas presents for Jerry. <laughs> I've got to ruin Leo. I've got to ruin Leo. I've got to actually <laughs> take him down and make sure his life is a living hell. <laughs> I've got between 1030 and 1045. Well, I, I can do it. Fine. I can probably yeah. do it. Which we're sort of watching now as we're trying to figure out a way to take Sally Langston down. Yeah. Like, and the whole weird cabal she's got with Cyrus yeah. who they've start Cyrus and Melly have such an interesting relationship because uh -huh. half the time they're literally trying to bury each other's heads yes. in the sand and the other half the time <laughs> they're creating strange cabals with weird rituals and sign Look, languages. Look we both love bits. You do. And we sometimes have opposing ideas of how best to move him forward but m more often than not we are united and we are formidable. But at the end of the day much respect between the two of us. Even when we fight we fight as equals you know it's never without respect. And the weird thing is I always sort of feel like you each kind of carp at each other and you each make fun of each other sort of complain about each other. But if one of you is in the room with him, the other one feels at least that there's somebody else with an ear, you know, with a mouthpiece that is potentially getting to fits with an agenda, which is probably somewhere in the food chain of something that you know about. Yeah. As opposed to Jake, who wanders in there and just screws the pooch for you guys <laughs> on a relatively Jake. regular basis. No Jake. offense to dogs all over America, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I love dogs, I'm a dog lover. I have a dog myself. I also have to say, you know, in this episode, one of my favorite, there are two moments that are connected that are yeah. like two of my favorite things. And one of them is the moment where Melly walks into the office with little Teddy expecting to see her husband yeah. and there's, she's being filmed by the documentary crew and he's not there. And there is this moment where your face does this incredible thing of, you see in your eyes the horror and disappointment and you see in your mouth the smile and it's like this war going on between the North and the South. <laughs> you know, the North is super upset and the South is just doing what it's doing. And, but you know how upset she is. And then the conversation with him, which is, you know, you, you weren't there for me. Yeah. And then this great moment on the sofa where she's being grilled and she's sitting there and fits for the first time in the history of this fine television program, he mm. steps in and basically says, it's not her, it's me. So if you have anything to say, say it to me. I know, I spent the whole episode saying, why are they punishing me for something that he did? And then finally he says, I did this, don't blame Melly. Even, even in the table read, that was so moving and so surprising. And it's just everything Melly wants to hear. And words like that are, fuel for Melly. It's her food. I mean, she can live off that little crumb of kindness and that little tiny iota of justice for like years. She really can because she's so used to getting nothing. So to get that in that moment is, uh, is life sustaining for her. 
And at the same point, you know, it's terrifying, which we've seen in other episodes. She doesn't want to hope. No, 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 no. She, and she doesn't, she's not a fool in that she doesn't believe that it means everything. But she did hear it and it did happen, you know? Well, and there's proof. It was, it was on national television, which and is good. And she watches it over and over and She does and over when she again. gets really, with a big <laughs> glass of hooch. With it. <laughs> <laughs> that is her hooch. She doesn't need hooch when she has that. She that's right. That, that's her exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> that actually also brings us to um, clearly what was the amazing scene in the episode where uh, Drunk Millie celebrates, you know, Olivia not dying. Yes. Which I believe is the, the bomb episode. Yes. Um, that won you awards, you know, in magazines, <laughs> I believe. That you became a, you're a famous scene stealer now for that. <laughs> And I remember seeing that episode and seeing you and just being like, you have no idea how amazing the scene is. Like, you could just be drunk the rest of your life and act <laughs> it. And I think I could watch it, like, being mesmerized endlessly. But it was such a, it's such a fun scene. It was so great to finally watch Melly let her hair down. I know, yeah. I mean, that was the thing. I worked like a dog on that scene just because, di like, fake dying or being drunk is can go so wrong but that was the joy of it because you always see Melly armored right the hair is done and the pearls are on and the thing and they like the outfit is perfect and it was so much fun and a little peek into their past too to see uh with the walls be down and even though I'm saying just some crazy nasty stuff it's still in such a vulnerable open way with him and we never really see them interact that way and then my whole thing was just in Tony's eyes. I just wanted to feel that table. I'm so happy to be se seated and I have my little shoes off and my pearls off and you know, whatever <laughs> was happening. And I just could feel that table and like look at Tony and like that's all, everything else was just super, like all the blood was drained down and it was fun. It you was know, fun. you guys too in the flashback suit consistence episode have such a great relationship. It's yeah. like so much fun to watch the Fitz Melly newlyweds. I know, it was fun to play it. It was fun to be in love for a minute. I know, and just get all that weight off your shoulders. Yeah, yeah. You know, those pearls just are heavy. Be, they are. <laughs> those pearls are heavy. Heavy is the neck that wears the pearls, <laughs> amen, I think. Sister, right? Amen, sister. Right? Yes, I mean, yes. although I'm going to say, I'm going to guess that pearls are starting to trend as a relatively <laughs> fashionable item and accessory in this year's wardrobe. They are a statement. They are not, they are unmistakable. They say exactly what they say. They, they, they definitely do, but I think you rock them to such a degree that I actually was going someplace and I was looking at the set of pearls I've never worn in my, my jewelry box and I was like, not that I have very much jewelry, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's a very, but I looked at them and I was like, oh, maybe, maybe I should wear these because like Melly rocks them and I was like, yeah, yeah but my, hair isn't done and it does demand like yes it, you it, cannot you, you have to you have mm -hmm. to respect the pearls you do you can't it's not like a sweatsuit in your pearls it's not something you can just throw on no, no 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 no. you have to respect the pearls that's exactly right i think it's like you earn the pearls and the right to wear the pearls a to the men you know? although i have to say one of my favorite things that happened i guess now it's last month i can't believe how fast this year is going right people dressed up at drunk melly for halloween and sent me pictures and <laughs> someone is that like lauren <laughs> is one of them that dressed up and nick Nikki is another, and she literally, Nikki made a little puppet uh, of my husband. She made my puppet husband dance. Literally. It is the best thing I've ever seen. I'll show you a picture. I'm super excited about that because the whole idea of just having a puppet husband dance oh, is on. just genius. Anyway. And Pearls played, I, I thought of that because Pearls played large in, uh, you know, when people dressed up as Millie. And you had that, for your flashbacks, you had that 
quirky little hair, too. I loved my wig. I love my flashback wig. Your flashback wig is awesome. You're so, it was so <laughs> blood cut, quirky, young, Melly, California I did Ooh. a bunch of, I Googled a bunch of like young Hillary pictures. And she did have those mm -hmm, like. Mm -hmm. And so that was a lot of like, those were, those were the images that I brought in. Now, Tanya Cryer, who does my hair, is the genius. And we went to the lovely hair shop on Wilshire and tried on a bunch of, <laughs> a bunch of different um, uh, opportunities and picked this one and she doctored it. And I think, look, while we're talking about hair, I really want to give please. a shout out to Cyrus Bean's oh, incredible look. It was as if Wolfman Jack and Derek Jacoby had made a baby and I was acting with it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, see, I was going sort of with a combination of Ziggy Stardust and Eric Clapton. Oh, I love it. That's I mean, so much more rock It star. was like, it was, there was kind of like, he was kind of rocking this strange, spiky. I took so many pictures of him in between takes because just, I couldn't stop looking. What the hell was that? Unbelievable. I mean, it turns Epic. Out that it was history. Please, the, a whole flashback Cyrus episode in that get up. Um, between the facial hair and the amazing oh, spiky do, I was like, was happening. Cyrus is rocking not only rock star hair, but a wife. Sure, that's what right. What the hell, ladies and gentlemen? We're saving her. We're going to meet her later, I'm sure. God, I, I hope to. so. I God, because all you want now is all to I meet want. the first Mrs. Bean. Yes. Like, that's what you just kind of live for. And it's kind of crazy. And if Dan plays it in drag, I won't be angry. By the way, that would be quite something. I won't be angry if that happens. You know what? I also want to give a little shout out to um, Lawrence Demille, who played mm -hmm. the interviewer, who you guys might know. She played Nurse Rose on Grey's Anatomy. She which was, was wonderful. I Always thought she was too, she was great. She was like, you guys had a really, really good energy, and she kept looking like you were. She was trying to look through you, and you were looking like you aren't looking through me, lady. <laughs> you can't see anything. Look, plate pattern. Look, roses. Really, really impressive. I love it. She's great. Um, I'm going to ask you a whole crap ton of questions now because crap ton. Twitter just 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 bursted open. With a gazillion squillion questions for like you. Like the spider bite and true believers on that like, guy's cheek. Like exact, yeah. Nice reference. Wow, By the yeah. way, good, good reference you. for true believers. And most <laughs> people don't actually insinuate that into conversation, so I was really impressed how seamlessly you got that in. <laughs> Someone's probably going to get a free DVD. That's, that's all I can say. Scandal lover at Devoted to Scandal, who, uh -huh, of course, uh -huh. is a, a loving follower. If Melly could have her own love interest besides Fitz, who would be your dream man to cast? Oh, Lord. Hello. I don't know. I can't think like that. I love the man I have. Oh, listen to that. I'm just thinking right now. Who? I'm what going, are you thinking? I would like Melly to be dating James Bond. <laughs> I would. I would like that James Bond, maybe <laughs> the current James Bond, the technically. Current? Okay, good. I, I think like, Daniel, you like Craig Daniel Craig type coming come in, in and, and just secretly sweeping Melly off her secret Bondian feet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like somebody somebody who's super different. Yeah. Well, how is that super different? How is Tony Goldwyn not Bond-esque? I think that Tony Goldwyn is Bond-esque, but I think that Bond and Fitz feel a little different. Okay. I see what you're saying. But then like, again, Jake is very Bondy. That's true. That's true. So I don't, I don't, I'm bad at this question because I really am, I'm sadly, I'm a year of the dog. I'm a devoted you know, girl. I you know can't think like that. You know what I'm like thinking? Year of the dog. Mm, oh, yeah. I was year of the dog. That'd be great. What are you? I think I'm year of like, probably the possum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And the little guy with the, <laughs> makes that weird thing where he, you see his little teeth and his eyeballs are all shiny in the middle of the night or something. Them. I don't know. I think I'm either, I think I might be year of the rooster or year of the monkey or something. 
maybe since we don't have very good ideas as to who we would cast. Let's as get yeah, let's interest, get your ideas. Let's everybody. get everybody's ideas. Like I think who do you people think? can just you know tweet away as to who we think would be a really good who you should cast to play Melly's secret love interest that doesn't exist. But yeah, that's who right. Might. Although I do like in like ten years, I wish I could have a Nick and Nora TV show with Nathan Fillion. I enjoy it. We could awesome. solve crimes together. But I just love Fitz in this context. I'm sadly loyal. You know, it's great. You love your husband and you just uh, want him to love you, which I think is totally uh, legitimate. Mir at TV Miranda wants to know if Melly could have a superpower, what would it be? Oh, a superpower? To be able to change people's will, obviously. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> I want to bend, be able to bend wills to my will. Is that too much to ask, Miranda? <laughs> you know what I like? Some people would go for a cloak invisibility, the ability to no, fly. No, no. I don't know, like wasted. see the future. Wasted. Bending someone's will, <laughs> I think, is a genius superpower that makes me incredibly excited. Um, Gladiator Emily, Gladiator Op, um, wants to know, what have you learned from playing Melly Grant you apply to your life as Bellamy? Ooh, well, it's also more, <laughs> M, it's also more about what I don't apply to my life. <laughs> like, I, for sure, always want people to be comfortable when they're around me, <laughs> and Melly doesn't care about that at all. And so that sort of made me more sensitive to that, um, if that makes any sense at yeah, all. Yeah, so Melly basically has been, has the anti-effect Yeah, it's like, you know, so we go through that phase with our parents. You want to be anything but like your parents. Yes. And I so thrill to have all the cathartic moments as Melly, like the telling off of the people and the, you know, foiling of the plans and all. But it's it just frees me of having to do any of that stuff personally. See, it's nice. So playing Melly actually is the dumping ground for any hostility or issues <laughs> or anything that Bellamy might have, which is great. I just channel it all into my work. So you're feeling a <laughs> tiny, tiny tinge of revenge. You know where to put that. Exactly. Which is kind of cool. Anna at Anna Bananas wants to know, how do you mentally prepare for a very intense and emotional scene? Oh, Anna, that, it varies by the scene. Um, I see my coach whenever I can, if there's time. Sometimes we don't have time, because we do, like, you know, the table read one day, and we're shooting at 6 a.m. the next day. Oh, yeah, that's our style here in the channel. <laughs> we don't so, like our actors to prepare crap. We just have to wing it, because that's how good they are. <laughs> but if I can, I see my wonderful coach, Lee Kilton Smith, whom I love dearly. And then it depends on the work. So you either, I either do a bunch of pers personalization, like go back in my life and spend a lot of time with that kind of thing. Or um, so if it's something more uh, that I, it's not something I've dealt with, uh, music is a good help to me. I do like a playlist and like live with that during the scene. So I stay sort of emotionally and sort of my, the level of my atoms sort of in that space. And then just, you know, I prepped lines super hard, use my little voice memo and make sure that the lines are the last thing I'm thinking about so that I'm just literally living in the eyes of whoever I'm talking to in the scene. You know, it's so interesting because we got a lot of questions along those lines too, which is, you know, how do you prepare and you answer that question sort of in terms of you listen to music, you, you, you think about what you're doing, you, and Gladiator Emily asked, is there something special you do to become Melly? Put on that wig. You put on that wig and that <laughs> does it, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm so well outfitted between Lynn Paolo and Tanya Cryer and my beautiful Sergio Lopez. Sergio, scream out to Sergio, my boyfriend. <laughs> Love Sergio. I know, right? Love Sergio. He was with, with us in private practice for the entire duration of private practice. And we all, we love our Denise. We love Sergio. and We love makeup. And Sergio 
just is the sunniest fellow, isn't he? He's amazing. He is amazing. He's such such but a they, sunny. Uh, they have built an exterior that I cannot but live up to, you know? I mean, once I look like Melly, that's interesting. there's and nothing Carrie, to Carrie do but behave like, like Melly. Mm. Like Carrie puts shoes on and she says, you know what? I put those shoes on and Olivia Pope just starts screaming out to be heard. Mm, I put on that hair and it's not exactly comfortable and uh, that puts me in a bad mood and I I'm ready so. to be <laughs> mad at people. <laughs> Now, you alluded to this before, but Lizzie at Liz Criola said, did you research past first ladies to play Flotus? Now, I know for the haircut, you looked at Hillary. Was there anybody else that you kind of looked at or modeled anything after? I know Barbara Bush wore pearls. Well, Jackie O is iconic. But I don't think you like Barbara Bush. I think Jackie O is iconic, I think, in terms of look. But I've enjoyed this job. You know, Office of the First Lady is such a, a touchstone in American history, like for gender politics. And so it's been a joy to have this job and learn more because I was not a student of history before the job. I'm not going to lie to you. So <laughs> it's fun to pick little things up. And different people also tweet different things like Alex uh, tweets, always tweets like DYK, did you know? And she'll send me like a crazy fact about uh, this or that first lady and it'll make me go and read more about that. So uh, it all matters so much now because I had hurts me that uh, those stories aren't better known, you know, that we know the stories yeah. of the men. Yeah. But it takes a union to run the union. And the stories of those women are equally compelling and amazing. And so I am thrilled to to learn about them myself. And I hope that it's making other people interested in it and aware that it matters. And they were working just as hard as all them men folk. Perfectly said. I think that's a beautiful way to wrap up this incredible experience because <laughs> I've got 800 more questions. I've got a bunch of questions, <laughs> yes, but no, unfortunately, um, I know. <laughs> Petunia's backgammon and uh, rainy days and insincere Boston. people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Those are turnoffs, by the way, you guys. Just in case you didn't know, turn-ons wow. are rainbows and puppies. Exactly. <laughs> Next week on Scandal, um, we have an incredibly great episode, which is called Vermont is for Lovers 2. Oh, um, yes. Oh, that's going to air yes. Thursday, November 21st, Good. which is going to be coming up super soon. We really, really encourage you to watch that fine episode of television because I think there's couple of things in there you guys are going to be super happy about. Yes, just there love, are. They're going to love, love, love some aspects of this episode yes. because there's some super suspenseful, incredible plot twists in mm -hmm. this that you're going to really love. And Wouldn't some you say? other things. There's just going to be some stuff. There's some there's things. A, and this, once again, this episode is chock-a-block full of fun and action and tears and titters from the beginning to the I wish it you wouldn't said end. Titters. I did say titters. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming, Bellamy. Thank Bessie! you so much for doing this. Woo Thank you, Gladiators. Thank you, love Gladiators. You, love you, love you, love you, love love you Gladiators. You. See, and you guys, thank you so much for listening. Remember, please watch Scandal, 10 o'clock, Thursday nights, ABC. We'll be there with you. We'll be there with you. They'll be live tweeting. Wolf. And while you are. Um, awake before that because you are awake before that because you're watching Scandal you're going to watch Grey's Anatomy where they're also probably going to be some live tweeting oh, yeah. where they're going to be doctors some drama there probably will be some surgeries probably some kissing there's probably some kissing and there's some really amazing relationship stuff happening right now in that very show you do not want to miss I am Betsy Pierce I'm the executive producer of Scandal I'm Bellamy I'm that's on it Bellamy and that's, <laughs> that's Bellamy and Bellamy's great thank you Bellamy I love you thank you for listening join us next week goodbye <laughs>